The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape which you can listen to wherever you get your nfc east blog podcast across the espn nation universe you can also watch this on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog on the boys youtube channel where you will see the bright shining beautiful faces of myself i am rj ochoa from blog on the boys he is himself brandon lee gotten from bleeding green nation blg welcome back home i'm not going to tell everybody where you were um but i know your exact latitude and longitude coordinates from where you were before where you are now i know those coordinates as well but welcome back nonetheless do you think i look ex- especially yellow or orange on this video is that am i um, alone in seeing that it might, i don't know if it's like the, there is like some contrast going on um i, think it's I don't know enough about photography we should ask Holden. Light. um but um yeah i don't know enough to to we're also recording this phenomenon that's happening later in the day usually if there's more than of usual, a natural yeah. light uh happening in my place of residents so that could be different but uh yeah rj it's week three in the nfl and we're entering that at least but we have to talk about what happened in week two even though for the eagles that was almost a week ago now it's kind of feels like forever ago yeah uh feels like forever is a great song from what disney animated movie do you know uh it sounds like a modern one and uh, it's a modern one yeah i've not seen it so i do not know uh, it's from Frozen. Feels like uh, forever. Uh, I have not actually seen the movies. I know what they're about. I played Kingdom Hearts three. There was the Frozen World in there. I could great totally game. see you being a Kingdom Hearts person. That makes oh, sense. Great series. Great yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, we're not here to talk about Frozen. Uh, we are here to talk about the NFC East, or as some people are fraudulently calling it, Brandon, the NFC Beast. That is a name that we came up with here on the NFC East mixtape. The division. Is seven and one combined aggregate this season with the only loss coming within the division when the Cowboys mm. blanked the Giants 40 to nothing. But outside of the NFC East, the NFC beast rides again. It's really important that people recognize that we invented that name. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of claims out there that we didn't actually do that, but uh, all of them are wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Antonio Gates played basketball in college. Ryan Fitzpatrick, friend of SB Nation, by the way, uh, who I interviewed last week, went to Harvard, and the NFC Beast is coined here on the NFC East Mixtape. Mm-hmm. So that's all I really have to say about that. Um, well, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, we do go in divisional standing, which did change despite the fact that um, every single team in the division won last week. That's just kind of the function of the tiebreakers at this very, very early point in the season. But the Dallas Cowboys, of course, um, finished off there. I've been saying this forever. Sinatra-style start to the season. New York! New York! Yeah, I know. He already did that. Well, they had to finish it because before it was just New York. You know what I mean? But now mm-hmm. it's New York, New York. 30-10, uh, to 10, the final score over the New York Jets, the Cowboys. Uh, kind of the talk of the town right now. Uh, number one in DVOA at the moment. Number one in point differential. Number one in turnover differential. Uh, they're leading the way. It's only two games in, but obviously Cowboys fans are really excited with what they've done. Uh, the fact that they've blown out some really bad teams. They caught the Jets, as we talked about last week, obviously um, on the heels of a really, really rough Monday night football game to open the season. My interest in that game, certainly, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this 
definitely went down once Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It was like, well, that's really not the same if, thing. If you'll allow anymore. me to interrupt you for, for a moment, Brandon, because I know I'm appearing on the BGN radio side of things with this show. That's the function of the NFC's mixtape. But my experiences on you know that side of things here across enemy lines, so to speak, has been with our friend John Stolness. All right. And I wanted to shout out John Stolness because he tweeted on Sunday morning, the Cowboys are going to lose to the Jets today. So you well, might be alone in, with all in having to John. I never. No, I'm, ju I... I'm just saying you might be alone in your interest waning. That's all I'm mm -hmm. saying. Uh, John thought it was possible, and well, I was not done. Happen. You just interrupted me a couple. Well, weeks. I had I to. It was an important point. level. It was never a challenge, but I will say the Cowboys deserve credit for doing what a lot of teams have not done in the NFL early on this season, and that is like look like they're kind of a well-oiled, well-rounded machine. There's so many teams out there which is in part why we'll get to the Eagles later. Oh, I think some of their struggles may have been overblown because it's like, who are the teams that are just looking flawless in every way and great and everything is just perfect for them and it's a cakewalk. It's really just a couple right now and it's a long NFL season that can change. That can stay the same if the Cowboys can find staying power. Um, but give the Cowboys credit for doing exactly what they should do against two inferior opponents and not just manage to scrape by against them, but to blow them out, to dominate them, to make it really not even a game I do think it was it could have been a little bit more interesting early on if Sauce Gardner holds on right. to a pick six that Dak threw and then maybe uh, changes the vibe of things early on. But ultimately, I mean, look, I I think as we were talking about like the Jets need to make a trade at quarterback. It's a whole different topic. Uh. But like Zach Wilson just is not cutting it. He's, they're not going to do anything serious. They're a very unserious team with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. But um, still a very good win by the Cowboys. Mike Parsons looks pretty unstoppable. And there's every every reason to believe right now that Dallas is like the top team, or at least you know maybe you can argue if the 49ers are ahead of them, whatever. Um, but I think it, it, in my power rankings on BleedingGreenNation.com, I'd have the Cowboys number one. Um, I think everything you said is really fair and really objective and really rational. Um, and I think that Dallas and San Francisco are the only, to answer your question, only two teams are only teams that have looked uh, without flaw right now, right through two weeks, which is a very, very small sample size. But every AFC contender has obviously, you know, had stumbles. Some of them have even had losses. Some of them are even winless. Um, the Eagles just have looked a little bit sputtery um, so far, but still boast a 2-0 and record, which is impressive given that they haven't clearly played their finest football to this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, you're right. Uh, I think there was like a collective sigh of relief, obviously, that the pick six didn't happen. That would have given the Jets the lead. And perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, the like the whispers like get a little bit louder. You use the, the word vibes, obviously, um, would have changed. But I mean, this was a, a kind of cruise control victory for the Cowboys. The defense showed up and I don't really put a lot of blame on Zach Wilson. Um, I agree with you. Um, he, he finished the day with three interceptions, but, you know, about four minutes into the fourth quarter, he did not have any, um, and they were down 27 to 10. And so it really was just, I mean, it was a, a tough spot for him to be in, you know what I mean? And so, um, again, I, I'm not arguing for Zach Wilson, but I do think that the Jets are kind of the sneaky team relative to the NFC piece because the Cowboys caught them obviously in this week where they were you know, still dealing with this. Do they trade for somebody? Do they sign somebody in they free agency? To. But does that change the kind of complexion and the chemistry of this team? Are the Jets then some, you know, a squad that's able to kind of hold it together and and beat teams like the Giants or Commanders or Eagles who they will play across the rest of the season? I don't know. Uh, but my point is, it's hard to imagine them playing worse than they did on Sunday afternoon at AT&T Stadium. Um, the Cowboys offense, we finally got to really see because, you know, week one didn't really offer an opportunity for that. Um, and we saw you and I were talking before we started recording about the Chargers and how I locked them up on TGF football. And did you watch any of that game? I know you were busy, obviously, because you had the weekend off. No, that was – was that – what slot was that in again? So That, that was, was the noon slot, and it went to overtime. No. Um, and Mark I Schofield was... did a great job of, of kind of talking about this on Monday Football Monday. But so the game goes to overtime. The Chargers get the ball first. And first two plays, I mean, just are like going downtown. Like they're, they're trying to like stretch the field. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? And then on, on third down, they get nothing. They literally gain zero yards. They're one offensive possession over time. They lose the game. And Mike McCarthy's offense seems to be the, I don't want to say complete and total opposite, but it's, it's about putting his skill players and his athletic players in positions to win and to succeed. And we saw Dak Prescott take a lot of that low hanging fruit. That was a, a big compliment that we gave to Shane Steichen and the Eagles offense last year, just kind of, again, putting these players in positions to win. And 
there's value to that low-hanging fruit. And this was a really efficient performance from the Cowboys. And even then, there's, I think, 19th in offensive DVOA right now. They were without Brandon Cooks. They're still without Tyler Smith. Um, but they did enough. And everybody, you know, the I would say the doubters or whatever, you know, kind of, you know, bemoaning about the red zone deficiency. They were the number one team in the NFL in red zone conversion last year from a touchdown perspective. So I don't think anybody's really panicked. It just wasn't a game where, you know, they needed to really flex. And that's the difference. I, I know you your interest in this game dropped off. But after the Micah Parsons fumble, the Cowboys got really conservative. And Tony Romo talked about on the call on third down that none of the receivers even ran to the sticks. And he was like, what the hell are you doing? And I think the Cowboys were just you know, comfortable to not get in their own way, to not mess it up, to not do something that would invite the Jets back into the game. They took the free points off of a turnover. And that's the difference, I mean, that we're talking about, again, with a very small sample size. It's the difference between the Cowboys this week and the Buffalo Bills to some extent where like that's they, a great point. They found a way to lose that game. All they had to do with Josh, like all Josh Allen had to do was not turn the ball over. He could have been right. just like, bleh totally mediocre but as long as he took care of the ball and, and the Bills were able to punt in that game and you know take possession and not give the Jets life like they did then the Bills probably win that game so uh, that's the difference there I will going back to the almost pick six on a like credit to or not credit but like on a fairness regression point in a positive way that's the other side of Dak right. getting the NFL and interceptions last year like he's probably we said this going into the season probably due for some good luck in some certain instances so that's how you see it manifest and then in a big way in that case but that's that's the other side of the coin to having the bad luck last year kind of evens out in the bigger sample size um so you know for as much as I'd love to you know be here criticizing the Cowboys can't so far again I'm not gonna hold the opponent thing against them too much because style points do matter and the way they've defeated these teams so soundly there is absolutely something to be said for that no matter who they play now that being said once you see like a bunch of games like this it's okay okay yes but like let's actually see the higher quality opponent and let's see what that game looks like because that's something we have yet to see and that's not something that the cowboys can control when we play who's on their schedule as people like to say but that will be the big fun thing to look to next We'll obviously pick uh, games for this week. At, <coughs> excuse me, at the end of the show, but Dallas uh, opened as twelve and. <coughs> sorry about that. The Orange Soda is getting to be twelve and a half point favorites against the Cardinals this week. It's down to twelve. Uh, they have the Patriots at home next week and Zeke Elliott's return. Uh, but then they're on Sunday Night Football in San Francisco, and that's the game that everybody's obviously really looking forward to. And even then, uh, the next week they visit the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And so, can they contain the offense that we know exists that isn't translating into wins for the Chargers right now? But uh, it's that California swing that's going to be really interesting. Last thing on this game, um, I don't know if you knew or saw, uh, Tony Pollard hit a career high, a uh, career high, excuse me, in carries, 25 carries for him, and he was actively involved in the passing game as well. Speaking of, uh, Tony Pollard will be a guest on the Blog on the Boys network throughout the Blog on the Boys universe on Thursday, um, and he said that he was aware of that uh, when I asked him. Uh, we pre-taped this on Tuesday, right before you and I are recording, actually. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that that's a, an indication of things to come, but Think people, some people want to look at that and be like, well, that's Mike McCarthy wanting to run the ball. I think Mike McCarthy just wants to keep things in front of him. And on Sunday against the Jets, it so happened to align with running the ball. But they utilized all sorts of players. They utilized Kevontae Turpin. Kevontae Turpin has already seen more offensive snaps through two games this year than he did all of last year. Um, so I think Mike McCarthy just, again, is completely and totally fine with taking whatever is in front of him and whatever works to the benefit of his all-world defense on the other side. Just has the makings a little bit of a trap for the we'll get to that in the future. But looking ahead, because I said, like, you know, what when's the next big test? They play the Patriots. Defense looks good, offense and maybe a little bit more questionable. But that stretch where they have the Niners in California, then the Chargers on the road, although that'll probably be like a home game for the Cowboys, the crowd, and then the Rams after that, and then the Eagles. Like that's a nice little four-game stretch where I think we'll I think we're gonna learn a lot more about the Cowboys right now for or right when in that stretch there. For now, it's kind of just like holding serve, doing what they're supposed to do. They're one of the best teams in the NFC, but like, I, and I think they it, it is possible it can be different. They, they, maybe this is a new high for them this year, but like that's the stretch we'll really start to learn more about them. For now, they're kind of just confirming what we already expected in a lot of ways that they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. As we've always said, October is the very best month that there is, which Wake will me provide up um, when September ends, baby. Um, it's um, this comes out on Wednesday, so it has almost been a week since the Philadelphia Eagles uh, won. Did not cover. I took the Vikings uh, in all the pools that I'm in. 
Um, I think it was seven and a half or six and a half, depending on where you looked. And uh, Philadelphia won 34 to 28. was a little tight, but holy crap, DeAndre Swift had a billion different yards. Kirk Cousins had a big game. Um, and, man, the Justin sort of. Jefferson – well, I mean, he had a big game. It's okay to say it. Um, he he was clearly not as good as the box score looked. But, yes, he played relatively well. The beginning of that game was in no way on Kirk. Like, the beginning of that game was the I Eagles agree. offense, like, kind of sputtering, sputtering, sputtering. And there was the special teams fumble. There was the Alexander Madison fumble. Um, and I give Kirk a lot of props for, you know, doing what he could to absolve all the blame for the Justin Jefferson thing. Um, I don't know if people know you – are, are on record as not hating that rule. Like it benefited the Eagles last Thursday night, but you have yeah, said many times yeah, that you're not fine just with in that. Hind, right? Not no, just because it helped yeah, the Eagles. To be clear. I, I will. Yeah. I will have your back there. You and Stats are the only two people I know that that think the rule is fine. Uh, but the rule is the rule, and and you have to know the rule. And Justin Jefferson, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, Jalen Hurts woke up a little bit. I I said that I thought this would be the year of Devontae Smith. Uh, what has been the fallout of the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni scuffle that Nick tried to lie about in his post-game press conference? I think that's overblown. Wow, shock. You're going to hear <laughs> that from me. But from the standpoint of it's the same exact – A.J. was that same way when they were blowing out the Giants in the divisional round last year. Same kind of thing happened. He also did not look happy then. And was that an issue? No. The Eagles rolled the 49ers in the championship game and went to the Super Bowl, and A.J. Brown had a great game in the Super Bowl. So I don't really know – that it's uh, the biggest issue in terms of like the team is still can be successful. I do think it speaks to a longer standing thing, which is a big reason why back when DeAndre Hopkins became a free agent and everyone's like, Oh, Eagles should sign him. And then they will be unstoppable. They'll have, you know, like Devante and, and AJ Brown and Goddard and DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm like, it's not Madden. These players have egos. And I brought up that giants game. And this example of why AJ Brown would not be cool with another target monster coming into the offense. Same thing with like, that's why the Eagles were never going to draft someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba with right. their first round. Like, you're not adding a volume dependent guy to this group that already is. You're kind of seeing issues with sharing the ball. So uh, I, I don't make a ton of that. I make a ton. The my biggest concern coming out of that Vikings game is more about the quarterback being able to effectively get the ball to his targets. I'll read you were on you. him early. You, like, because uh, I was obviously following your tweets and, and coverage, and you were on, on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right, right. Um, you were on Jalen early in a in a fair way, um, and in a reasoned way, I thought, because it was not great. And you tweeted that the Eagles were obsessed with QB power, and that's really what it felt like. I felt like they were just trying to like force the Jalen Hurts can run thing. Um, and it wasn't until they just kind of sit back and took what Minnesota gave them. Like Minnesota was like, hey, run the ball. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until that happened that things started to kind of like finally break for the Eagles. Uh, Jalen hit the, the big shots that were there. Obviously, the one to Devontae. He kind of hung that first one down low, though. That one almost didn't even work out. Yeah, the first play, there was some pressure coming down on him. I still think he could have gotten that a little bit. Like the way I, I saw I was in the press box. I saw that play unfolding and like Devontae's streaking open down the field. He's open. I think maybe if he gets that ball out a little bit sooner, if he steps into it a little bit more, which to his credit, he did later on the second Devontae deep target, which ended up being a touchdown. He took a shot. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to step into your throw, deliver the throw. Like he underthrew it. Devontae still made the catch. Great. But then the Eagles only settle for three points there instead of seven. That's four plays, four points you left out on the field. That's a big deal. Opportunity cost is a real thing, as I like to say. I think some of those runs we were just talking about. It isn't even just the coaching staff. Some of that is Jalen, you know, making the decision on some of these options and whatnot. I do think there's a lot of like, you know, debate. Is it the coaching staff? Is it Jalen Hurts? I definitely think, you know, you can look at uh, the coaching staff and Brian Johnson and have concern to some extent. At the same time, you don't pay Jalen Hurts $255 million to not be like a big part of the equation there. Like I, that's such a, just a big pet peeve I have. I think I've mentioned before in the show with like coaching versus players. I feel like people act like those are equal things. How much are the players getting paid? How much are the coaches getting paid? That's not the exact like perfect way to analyze it. But at some level, these players are making like a ton of money for a reason because they're the ones who can do the special things and they're the ones who can make plays and make things happen. Like the coaching can only go so far. I want to read you these stats that our good friend Shil Kapadia had mentioned uh, in the aftermath of Thursday night's game on his Ringer podcast, Philly Special. Jalen Hurts was 593rd out of 600 quarterback performances since the start of 2022. In, um, You're saying this game? Like this game is the performance? 
in success rate. Yeah, the success okay, rate. But is... Just talking about last Thursday night. Just again, I'm trying to understand. Yes, this that Thursday night okay. performance was 593rd. At, so there are only seven worst performances oh. since the start of 2022, just by measured by success rate, which isn't a catch-all perfect stat, but it does represent how often something good happens when you drop back to pass. The Eagles produced a positive play on just 23.3% of Hertz's dropbacks. His first two game success rates this season are lower than every game out of his 2022 season. So I think it's not unfair to say that Jalen Hurts needs, I'm not saying he's hopeless as a passer, but he needs to be better than he has been. So to me, I think that this speaks to a point I had Uh, not to be like, I was right, but like his, like we said, I said this, like his 2022 season was maybe like the greatest year that he'll ever have. And that's not, uh, like a shame and that's not like oh what a loser he can never replicate that year it was this remarkable year that if he had not gotten hurt obviously would have won an mvp and that's that was my argument for aj brown too right like regression can happen just in a in a statistical sense like where you just simply have less even though you're not less talented or whatever the case may be like i don't think this is a matter of like oh like defenses understand jalen hurts now whatever it's just like like you talked about the dak thing like you know what i mean so things that like broke your way luck or whatever i mean it, it flips or it adjusts yeah, but to or it this flips degree sometimes. clearly shows that there's something more than just that going on like this is more than just natural regression this is all the way to the other end at least like this there's something like wrong here and i think it's not exactly easy to pinpoint again i think the offensive coordinator shares blame i think hurt shares blame you can say some of the players too the attitude whatever there's they have the the bottom line is the eagles passing game is not firing on all cylinders right now there's something out of rhythm it doesn't look right it doesn't mean it's doomed 100 percent but it is like a legitimate concern if it doesn't get fixed sooner than later. Um, AJ Brown has the fewest amount of receiving yards to the first two games of a season that he has had since his final year in Tennessee. Um, now, I don't think that that means like, oh, he's going to demand out, but he is a passionate player. I don't have to tell you or any Eagles fan that. Um, I don't know that I buy that he would keep that up. Um, I, I, I don't know the chemistry you know well enough to offer an opinion an educated one at least that wouldn't sound like trolling as to whether or not if Devonte kept eating right or if the passing game got fixed that way right if it was Devonte, if goddard got involved or whatever um would would aj brown would there be discourse there you know what i mean like i because that that would be the concerning thing to me is okay this has to get fixed and there is this one idea that it has to get fixed a certain way you know and if it doesn't will it be all right you know what i mean and so that would be a mild concern. Um, but I think, again, and I said this a little while ago, it's worth mentioning that despite all these, like, you know, things that sound troubling, the Eagles are 2 and up. Like, if you can find a way to win <laughs> in spite funny. of all this, you know, happening, like, that's the mark of a good team. For sure. And now, you know, they've won two one-score games now, and one-score games, as we know, as the Vikings now can attest to, and the other side of that being 0-3 in the 2023 calendar year uh, in those one-score games. Can, can I interrupt you that? quickly? Uh, so um, they were 11 and 0 in one score games last year, right? Everybody knew that. And, yep. you know, I, I tried to defend them more than anyone. I think that that's well on record. Um, I tweeted before their final possession. I said, it's going to be hilarious when the Vikings go score a touchdown here to make this a one score loss when, you know, and, and of course, like it happened, yeah. like it's almost worth like not scoring in that sense. So people mm. can't like rub that meme in your face. I mean, it had the feel of a one-score game, ultimately. It wasn't like right. totally like, well, the Eagles blew the Vikings out and the Vikings put up like 20 points in garbage time and made it look right. a lot closer than it seemed. It had the feel of a one-score game, ultimately. Um, yeah, so I definitely think that that's the biggest concern. It, like 2-0 and is nice, and I, I do agree with you, and I said it earlier when we were talking about the Cowboys, how many teams are firing in all cylinder, cylinders and clicking and looking perfect? They don't play the Super Bowl in September. So there's a lot of time for this to get ironed out at the same time. Again, you want to see progress there. I think anyone would say they believe it can because of the talent there. Uh, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they can iron that out at some point. But again, it's the more games we that go by where it's not happening, it's only going to get exponentially, increasingly more concerning. Before we move off the, the Eagles, I do want to say, obviously, you have to mention you know DeAndre Swift's huge game, 175 yards. Insane. Uh, I was listening to the TGI football podcast today because I was behind in my podcasting, and I also thought it would be kind of funny to get the takes of uh, prior to week two, hearing them after week two. And okay. one of the things that our co-host, co-host uh, Stephen Serta had mentioned was like, 
because uh, I wasn't able to be on Friday and give my analysis of the Thursday game. It's like, I want to know why Gainwell was ahead of DeAndre Swift. And great question, because <laughs> I was asking the same thing after Kenny Gainwell had freaking 18 touches in week one, and DeAndre Swift had two, including just one carry. Like, what are we doing? I don't know if that Swift can be this guy the whole season. I don't know if you can be your bell cow back, but it's if you're giving him the ball two times a game, you're clearly messing up. That's clearly not the best approach. So on one hand, passing game in disarray a little bit needs to be figured out. On the other hand, it does seem like the Eagles are finding out or figuring out their run game, which is not meaningless. Um, I in, in no way want to take it away from DeAndre Swift because like you put up a billion yards, like you deserve credit for that. But, and I'm not trying to like cope and make up for Kirk cousins, but again, it's like, well, yeah, like if they're just going to let you run for six yards of carry, like why wouldn't you? You know, like what are the Vikings doing? Like what is Brian Flores doing? I, I'm, and for the record, I gave you the credit for uh, for liking the rule before that game. I jumped off the Vikings ship before the loss in Philadelphia. Um, no pun intended on the ship thing. Um, but I can't wait to see where Kirk Cousins winds up next year. Hopefully with a, Jets, a team that's... This year. It should be this year. The Jets should trade for him. Why, if you're the Jets, why aren't you trading for him? And also it would be funny because the Eagles then play him in week two and week six. It would be hilarious if he wound up there, given, I don't know if you remember, that's the other team that courted him in 2018. Yeah. Um, what, I do that was like, that. It, those were the, the two teams. And so, um, you know, some things just kind of wind up going full circle that way. It would be a crime if he never played for Kyle Shanahan, like after everything we've been through as NFL. That'll fans. happen at some point, but. Right. Uh, okay. Now, probably. Um, let's take a very, 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 very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brandon, while we were gone, you told me what you did on your plane ride on Tuesday. I played this app. Um, I mean, not a sponsor, but it's called, what's it called here? Uh, Drop Flip. Cut the rope. Play that one. Wait, what's it called? Drop Flip. Drop it looks flip. like this. This level has been really hard. I mean, you can't it's, see my phone. Uh, we're only seeing white. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's like you, uh, I can't really describe it. You kind of have to display it to see it. But anyway, that's what I was doing. Also, I was playing Minesweeper too. On your phone? Yep. Are you a big uh, games on the phone person? Um, generally, no, but on a flight, sure. Um, last question on this subject. Are you a big game pigeon person? You play the game pigeon games with people? Uh, the, the iPhone games you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I'm really good at uh, Cup Pong and the word games, as you can attest to, because I beat mm. you in those all the time. Mean, <laughs> honestly, those are probably pretty even matched. I'll, you have certain ones that you're better at than I am, right. but I think I, same goes for me against you. Anyway. I, I really don't like the one that looks like a Scrabble board where you have to move the pieces. Like well, The reason yeah. I like the the search one is because like my fin- it's such a smooth, you know, physical way to play. Um, so I like that a lot, but yeah, whatever. Um, okay, the Washington Commanders came back from a 21 <laughs> to 3. I don't mean to make this about the Cowboys, but remember yeah, when do. people thought that Sean Payton was a much better option than Mike McCarthy? Like, remember that? Oh, man. Um, 21 to 3 was the mm. deficit that the Commanders face. And for real, serious props. Like, serious kudos. Um, you cannot overcome that without legit coaching, legit quarterback play, a legit pass rush. They had all those things in Denver. And they almost blew it with the crazy Hail Mary tip ball. And you can argue that there should have been a penalty on the point conversion. Uh, but this was an impressive rally, nonetheless. Like, again, I think they deserve a, a round of applause. They are undefeated in the Josh Harris era. <sighs> It's really making a difference, clearly. I mean, that was crazy. That I, I, I was watching that at a bar uh, on Sunday evening after late afternoon, early evening, and I just I couldn't believe it was caught. 
And I'm like, and then once they don't get it, I'm like, how do you not get it? How do you not get it if you end was, up making the Hail Mary? It's it was so, so sad. Um, did, uh, I think James wrote about this at, at um, dot com. But would, if, if you were a Broncos fan, would you have rather them not caught it? Like, you know what I mean? Then, like, see, I've been thinking about this recently. There's a lot of like, well, I'd rather almost just get blown out. That I don't think that's ever true. I don't think anyone ever feels that way. There's no way in a blowout you're thinking like, wow, I'm so glad we're not in this game closer and then losing. No one's ever thinking that. That's such a lie. That is such like a hindsight uh, or whatever kind of bias you want to call it thing. That is just, it's not true. I think it can potentially be true based on the circumstances of your team. So like the Broncos are this like joke, right? That everyone wants to kind of line up and take shots at. So like, you know, when it's the just the next one, that is annoying. So like, um, I'm with you that I think Jets fans would have rather lost like the Broncos did, but I don't think that the Broncos fans are, are happy with their situation, which again is a is a much bigger deal. But this is about it, the Commanders. Um, Sam Howell. Well, it's really that we're talking about a Broncos team that I think the vibes have not really changed. I think the, the bad vibes from last year are very much the 2022 Broncos or the 2023 Broncos do not seem all that different to me than the 2022 Broncos. No, and they. Similarly to how the Colts, again, I'm not saying Carson Wentz wasn't fallible for his time there, but he wasn't the only problem, which was my take, you know, all of last year. And, you know, man, they just... Carson Wentz is currently unemployed. Okay, but again, like, you agree with me, and and ultimately did agree with me, that, you know, Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Reich, they threw him under the bus. And the Broncos did that with Nathaniel Hackett, who obviously had his flaws, obviously is a certain type of person, but like he was very clearly not the only problem there. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that Sean Payton is infallible for what's happening there. But again, this is about the commanders. Um, so Sam Howell went 27 of 39 for 299 yards, two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin caught one of those. Logan Thomas, the other. Brian Robinson had another impressive day, 87 yards, two touchdowns. And again, the pass rush is kind of working for Washington right now. I don't know that I believe in the sustainability year. Um, there are some fraudulent 2-0 teams. I would say the most are Washington, Atlanta, and Tampa. Um, but still, like, give them credit. Like like you said about Dallas, you can only play who's in front of you and the commanders. A 21-3, to you know, deficit overcome is impressive, whoever it's against. Even if it's, you know, especially if it's on the road like this one was. You do power rankings, right, for blogging the boys? That's correct. Where do you have the Broncos? Uh, let me see. I had the Cowboys number one, too, by the way, um, just for the record. I have Washington. Um, hang on. I'm scrolling. I have Washington 16th. I don't know where you have Washington. Um, and I have Denver 29th. Okay. So, and where do you have Arizona? Um, I have Arizona higher than last week because I thought that Arizona was, and we'll obviously talk about that in a little bit, but that I already last week up from what 32 to 31 or they were 32. Uh, I put Houston at 32 now, which is a bummer because I picked okay, so them to win the, oh, no, the I put Chicago. Beaten your number 29 and number 20, 31, uh, 30th, being... the Arizona's 30th, so 29 okay. and 30. Bottom three, bottom four, bottom five Dude, kind of uh, teams that they've beaten so, for sure. So we we talked about this a lot uh, with the Dolphins under Brian Flores. What, when, when they what was it? They won like eight games in a row to finish the season. And well, they, what on. were they? Well, I'm just I saying would... like so like they fell into a 21 to three hole. Like that's my point. Like they they should be criticized for that too. So to set you up, I just wanted to be like, well, you're being hypocritical because you gave the Cowboys credit for beating up on week yeah but again it's how it's, i said style points matter how the cowboys dominated those two teams and really weren't even competitive games in a lot of the for portions of the games that's not the same thing with the commanders here that, like they're getting by these teams credit to them for getting by but i also think you're talking about one score game sustainability like they had obviously some things go their way although the last call of the game obviously went in their way in a big way so um, I don't really think the needle has moved yet still. I'm still using that phrase for Washington. I'm not more scared of them than I was. I do think this was a nice win in terms of um, like enjoyability for a franchise that feels like it has a fresh start and sure. they haven't given you a, a lot to enjoy. But I don't really – what does this win really mean in the bigger picture? Does it really mean things can be different this season? I still don't think that. I think that – um, it's just a fun experience that doesn't translate into a whole lot of meaning other than maybe, you know, again, maybe there is something to Sam Howell there. Not enough to, you know, be the next great elite quarterback, but maybe he's enough to be enough right now. I think he's definitely, it was definitely the right choice. I doubted it. It seems silly, uh, but 
in hindsight, I'm upset that I didn't give Ron Rivera credit, even though I don't really give him credit for much, but uh, for doing the thing that we always say, right? Like, hey, play the young guy. You know what I mean? Play play the development. Like, you never know. You know what I mean? You could uncover something. Like, so kudos to him. They have clearly found somebody who is, like, capable of starting games in the NFL. Uh, but that being said, I, I will give them credit for being 2-0. On a personal note, and obviously on a biased note, I'm very happy that, you know, these two wins will push them out of Caleb Williams, Drake May, you know, <laughs> territory next year. Exactly. Right? Like, that sounds that sounds silly, but, like, these no, two wins not. will matter for, for that. Um, beyond that, though, um, it's not midnight on the clock for Washington, uh, but, it, it like, the bartender has been like, okay, you know, you, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. Like, we're, the lights are about to come on. You know, everything's about to kind of wake up for them because they have Buffalo on Sunday. Yeah. Then they're in Philadelphia, where they won last year, just mm-hmm. for what it's worth. Um, then they have Chicago in a Thursday night well, game that's going to be riveting. Um, that's easy. Got, but the next two is really the big stretch for them. Th- but then then at Atlanta, which is a little okay. bit tougher than I think we anticipated, at at the Giants, which I don't know. I mean, we're about to you know roast them, I imagine. Um, then Philly at home, at New England, at Seattle, the Giants, at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Like, you know, this is the moment to sell the stock, right? <laughs> like, the, the, enjoy this week. Uh, but you know, for Buffalo played down to the jets to the point you talked about earlier. So you never know. It's the NFL, blah, blah, blah. My point is I, I will give them props. Um, but I'm, I don't, I'm not ready to say that but, they're a wild card contender quite yet. Well, yeah, it'll be easily undone if they go and two against the bills and the, if you, they go and two against the bills and the Eagles, where do you really feel like you ended up there? Like, do you feel great? Um, let's move on the New York bad at football. Once again, giants, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a great tweet. I, it didn't get enough love. I thought it was an awesome tweet. Um, so you were busy. You said you were at a bar. Um, the, the halftime score in this game was 20 to nothing. So I tweeted that they were on pace to lose 40 to nothing for the second straight week. I thought that was really funny and it didn't get a lot of love. But, you know, the Cowboys are playing just people. Were kind of well, everyone else is wrong and you're right, clearly. Right. Um, 31 to 28, the final score. Again, it 20 to nothing wasn't even the biggest deficit that they faced. It got up to 28 to 7 against i don't hate jonathan gannon the way that you and your cohorts do um but against one of apparently the more ill-equipped head coaches who's in a tough situation i think we should give you know jonathan gannon that tiny little bit of grace um against a starting quarterback who literally was not on the team like three weeks ago Mm. um against a group of skill position players that if you could trade for one would you if you could swap any skill position player on the eagles for any member of the cardinals maybe hollywood brown Right, like you know, if you're you know Alameda Zacchaeus, yeah, like you know, instead of Kes Watkins, sure, or or whatever, yeah, okay, so fine, but like for the most part, um, and you love to play this game. Can you name a defensive player on the Cardinals that isn't Buda Baker, who's on injured well, reserve now? There's a couple of former Eagles on there, so I can. But if you're <laughs> taking those guys out, um, one of Kayvon Wallace, who led the T- Eagle or Cardinals in tackles in this game, was only cut by the Eagles during final cuts. He didn't even the lead Cardinals. The, the Cardinals in tackles in this game. So he did. No, he had five, um, which was tied for the second most. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a tough team. It was a very I know my total tackles. Here. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but it was a very tough scene for the Giants to be down. Um, I know Daniel Jones had an impressive second half statistically. <laughs> I am so out. I I like this. This was almost worse than if they had lost. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I haven't seen a lot of Giants fans like That's crowing. Not true. I mean, whatever, but I, I haven't seen a lot of Giants fans crowing. I do think that they've been kind of humbled and more important, not important, but more than that, rattled. The Saquon injury is now a thing. Uh, Brian Dable said on Tuesday it's possible that he, they play because they play on Thursday mm-hmm. night and that he plays in that game. Yeah. They're staying on the West Coast to play the 49ers. Like, dude, it is really, really, really tough right now for the Giants. They were down what? So they were down 20 to zero. But so then it, down- the, the, the margin grew when it was 20 to seven. They went from 20 point deficit to 21. That's my point. So they were down what sixty to zero or whatever on the season at that point. Um, <laughs> that's so they were bad. down sixty-eight to seven. Sixty. Like, okay, that's. But terrible. at half at halftime, it was sixty to zero. To your point. Uh, it, so I would say, if you're looking at it optimistically, if you're a Giants fan, it's this is a performance to build on. Okay, really not encouraging in that one game. But if we go out and we win the next game and we continue to kind of put something together off of that, then all of a sudden it doesn't really care. Or it doesn't matter how we won that game. No one cares about that. Problem is, you get the San Francisco 49ers next without Saquon, like you mentioned there. And Darren Waller apparently is still dealing with some kind of thing um, that 
uh, that he said was like not going to go away. I mean, yeah, basically, which, you know, seed six for 76 in this game. So maybe it's not the biggest issue ever, but still not like great. So, yeah, again, I would say if you're looking at it optimistically, something to build on. But I don't really know. I mean, the giant if the Giants beat the 49ers. Like, great. Then, yeah. OK, I am buying. Yeah. That. That, yeah, for sure. Then, then, and they found yeah. their footing and they're really now they are heading in a direction. But I mean, like, it's just a very big if right now. Um. So. Also, not that this like really matters, but it kind of does right now when we're still, you know, we're all, I think the reasonable people are kind of being willing to uh, be patient to really make our hard takes as far as, you know, the NFL season, because we're so early. These next two Giants games are at San Francisco and then against Seattle. Both of them are on prime time. It's the same um, thing as the commanders. It's like, show us. And, this is like the show us stretch here. No, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're bad and if you're like, so right now everyone kind of thinks you're bad, right? Like not a lot of people saw the Cardinals mm-hmm. game. Everybody obviously saw the, the Cowboys game. But so right now everybody's like, oh man, these dudes stink, whatever. So you go out, you get blown out by the Niners. Well, they really stink. They stunk on Thursday night football. Then you get blown out on Monday night football against the Seahawks, who looked much better, obviously, last week. Then it's like you're one and three. You know, it's just mm-hmm. really not working out for you. And then everyone will really pick apart that one win and be like, you barely beat the Cardinals. They're tanking anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, you said, like, positives if you're a Giants fan. Jalen Hyatt had two receptions for 89 yards. One of them went 58 yards. We said it. Like, this is his thing. Um, thank goodness mm-hmm. in my Dynasty League, somebody dropped him. Uh, so Jalen Hyatt now part of my Dynasty squad. Um, the Darren Waller thing, I mean, he had 76 yards. Um, but see, like it's so like some of these feel like empty calories, like what the mm-hmm. Giants did because they were in such catch up mode. Um, so I, I guess I'm I'm still not like ready to say that they're like completely done. But dude, they it's it's getting dark really early. And have you seen the video of Brian Dable, like the uh, Zapruder film breakdown that no. we've that's been, there's a I don't know who did it. I can't sign on my screen anymore. Somebody's breaking down whether or not he's actually calling plays. Mm-hmm. Um and, and like from the sideline or whatever and so that's kind of weird um like th- this just has has gotten about as bad as it could possibly get about as fast as it could possibly get who do you believe in more the rest of the season or who do you think is going to finish in third do you think it's going to be the giants or do you think it's going to be the commanders in terms of obviously we could go through and win and loss right now i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about from what you do know about their schedule coming up soon and also like the vibe and also the fact that I mean, the spot the Giants are in, they also have already lost a division game, whereas the commanders have not done that. I'll answer that two ways and say that I am more worried about the Cowboys commanders games than I am the at least the remaining Cowboys Giants game. Well, that's Um, easy to say. (laughs) Well, I know. But like but that was honestly true. Not true, but I was at least kind of thinking about drifting that Mm. direction before week one. Um, And some of that is that the cow like, you know, we, we, we talked so much about like how Dak owns the Giants. The Cowboys have had like moments of struggle against Washington, even at full health. Um, now the the regular season finale last year was kind of weird, but still, like you know, there have been times where Washington has played them tight, like you know, throughout the Dak Prescott era at least. And if I had to pick who's going to win those two games, I'm picking Washington to win both of them right now. I, I just I don't have any faith in the, the New York has played one kind of not mediocre half of football. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm. And, like, I know we sat here and crapped all over the Broncos, but, like, who's a worse team, Denver or Arizona? Probably Arizona, right? So while they both, you know, embarrassingly fell down and overcame the droughts that they dug themselves, at least Washington's was to a better team. All right. You ready to preview week three? I suppose. Um, We have to go in chronological order, right? That's what we decided. Uh, So that means the New York Giants are up next after we just destroyed them. Uh, they are on the road, as mentioned, against one of the two teams who we agree looks most complete and most infallible uh, in the 49ers, uh, doing so probably without their best player on offense. So they are 10-point underdogs mm. on the road. Um, I mean, I don't know that we have to kind of offer a Giants take at this point. Um, this is going to be an easy night for our buddy Stats. Just, you know, enjoy the game. Do your post-game show. Everybody go check out the Gold Standard Network um, and, you know, enjoy life at 3-0. I mean, I don't think the Giants have a chance here. Like, it's really difficult to envision how it happens. I don't know what the Giants' ceiling is, realistically. Like, what can you say their ceiling really is, the iteration of this team? Uh, Not just talking about, like, where they finish, but, like, the best version of them. How good can they look? I don't – that's unknown. If you want to be, again, positive, optimistic, although I don't really think it's that great. The floor – we've seen the floor. The floor is really, really bad. (laughs) The floor is a terrible floor. It could be the worst floor of any team in the league – the way they looked in week one. So 
that scares me. I am definitely going to take the 49ers outright, and why not? I'll take him to cover as well. Yeah, I mean, again, the fact that San Francisco has looked so good, I would almost take their line against anyone, right, at this point. Um, I know it's 10 points, but, I mean, dude, I mean, like, I'm not scared of that. I mean, again, this is a team that was down 20 to nothing in the first half against a team that San Francisco is going to wax twice this year. Um, the way so, they cover is yeah. it's like a low-scoring game. It's ugly. It's Thursday night football. Kind of gets mucked up a bit. But I think still, again, the 49ers come out on top. Um, okay, so we both we agree 49ers win this game. Um, Giants will then fall to one and two. Uh, the Eagles play on Monday night football. By the way, back-to-back weeks that an NFC East team is going to get a Thursday night game and then a Monday night game back-to-back. It's kind of weird. Um, also weird you know, because but, this happened with the Eagles last year too. They played on Thursday against the Texans, and then they played against Monday against the Washington Commanders. It's a weird, which they lost. Extended layoff, when especially Taylor Heineke. Bought, with, remember, he bought those Jordans in the Eagles colors. Remember, <laughs> he loved it. This is like your like <laughs> Harvard Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> thing or Eagles Steelers uh, Steagles thing. Um, weird, especially coming off of Week Two. Like it's been a weird beginning of the season for the Eagles. You know, to go from. Uh, week one on the road to then home game, Thursday night football to then long layoff. So it could be a good thing if you're saying, okay, uh, mini buy, maybe they can get some of these issues sorted out, but we shall see. They are what against the Buccaneers? The favorite. Oh, well, no, we're not doing them next. I mean, you know, we're, hold off. Oh. We're, going, we're going in chronological order. Oh, duh. But I was going to ask. You brought it up, so it was in my head. No, I know, I know. I was just saying it out loud. But um, by the way, what did you think of the double Monday night games on Monday? Yeah, it's dumb. Agreed. Good call. Good take. It's supposed to be an island game. We're supposed to all be able to gather around the internet yeah. and watch and talk about the same game together. I don't, I don't like – yeah, if, if they could do it where there were two – independently sure I would yeah be start start one at six and the other that. at nine i'm totally with you i mean you that's on that. still too much i think if you want to do that once a year as like a special thing sure if you want to do once a year two games on monday night football yeah mm-hmm. but we cater to the west coast for some dumb reason when it's just i mean the it's people the on the east coast. coast have it harder because <laughs> like you have to stay up late to watch the games okay so what you miss some of the beginning of the game you're still gonna get to see the ending and also you're gonna have plenty of time afterwards it's harder to get up early than it is to stay up late. That's a good take. The Washington Commanders are at home once again, and a reminder, undefeated in the Josh Harris ownership era. Um, six and a half point home dogs to the Buffalo Bills, uh, who seemed to find their footing last week. Josh Allen didn't totally learn his lesson, still played a little bit of reckless football, uh, but it obviously didn't come back to bite him. I'm really hesitant to lay the points because I'm that spooked in Buffalo. Um, I will take the Bills to win outright, but I do think that Washington is plucky enough to cover. That's a lot of points for a team that just two weeks ago, I mean, really, really, really struggled in Buffalo. How much is it again? Six and a half. Mm, That's not too many. I'll take the Bills. I think the Josh Allen volatility gets talked about in a negative way a lot. Understandably so, because you can see the downside of that. I talked about that as being a reason why the Bills lost in week one, but I also think people, when you talk about it only as a negative, you're discounting what can happen against the Raiders in week two, where he can absolutely just go off. So it's not necessary like all the time. Sometimes it is to your point, but like, it's just, you know, the, the Superman analogy that Dominic Foxworth had last week was so awesome and so on point, but I heard you say this on Monday football Monday, I believe on the SB nation NFL show. So you should listen to that for the full thing, but I'll take the bills here. Uh, Commanders prove something to me before I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt with this. You're just so jaded against Josh Harris. I hope that um, I hope Allen Iverson is there and I hope he's wearing a commander's hat. Uh, Allen Iverson, famously a Cowboys fan. I know, but um, I was trying to think of like the Sixer that would hurt you the most that wasn't Joel Embiid because I don't think the Sixers can hurt me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, By the way, this is a week where you can watch an NFC East team um, like. You know, if in you want, to, yeah, in every slot because the Giants are on Thursday night, the Commanders are at noon, the Cowboys are in this Arizona. Is like the most ideal podcast <laughs> schedule. Uh, the, the Cowboys the are visiting uh, the former NFC East team, um, but the Arizona Cardinals, not not the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, Twelve point favorites, the Cowboys are. It's a lot of points. Uh, I'll let you go first. NFC East teams zero and two uh, against the spread against the Cardinals. That's true. The Commanders couldn't cover. Giants couldn't cover. Can the Cowboys cover? Yeah, of course they can. Like, not really worried about it. 
Uh, Josh Dobbs against that defense. No thanks. The um, the Cowboys have had a sneaky little history with the Cardinals. Um, if you recall, and Josh Dobbs. So if you recall, uh, Dallas went to Tennessee last year on that Thursday night game, the final Thursday night game of uh, of the season. Um, and Josh Dobbs played for the Titans. Remember, they had nothing to play for because they needed the the following week, the regular season finale, the mm-hmm. win and end game against Jacksonville. Um, so they had nothing to play for, and Dallas was at the time, you know, still trying to keep shot for shot in the NFC East race. Um, and they kind of had a little bit of a you know tooth pulling offensive performance. Um, granted, that wasn't against Josh Dobbs, but um, but yeah. So I mean, he's been you know he had that moment that's got me a little whatever. Uh, 2021 in December, Dallas lost to Arizona um, at home. Remember, the Cardinals were frauding their way to the end of that regular season, but the one win they got was at AT AT&T Stadium against the Cowboys. That was the game that Michael Gallup got hurt in. Um, And then the first game that Dallas played without Dak Prescott in 2020, the Cardinals blasted them on Monday Night Football. So, again, kind of a weird recent history. Uh, But that being said, the Cowboys just look too impossible to bet against right now. So I'll lay the points. Uh, Go Cowboys. Okay. Uh, Monday Night Football. Speaking of the dueling games, we have another instance of this. Uh, so are you upset, Brandon, that you will not be able to watch the Rams-Bengals game? No. I kind of am. I'm I'm a little interested in that game. I mean, like, I'll have it. it on, but, you know, I wish I could give both these games my full attention. I mean, I'm all right. I'll be okay. The Eagles are in Tampa. Um, the last time... Which, correct me if I'm wrong, they visited. Was it the playoff matchup? Um, division, or sorry, wild card round of the right, 2021 20, season, right. 2022 playoffs. Um, the Eagles are five point favorites. Um, I haven't seen any. We're still like in the launch of week three as far as like, you know, shows and, you know, takes and content are concerned. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to do that. I don't know, man. The Bucks are 2 0. Baker's playing great. Mike Evans looks amazing. Um, I don't know that I buy into what Baker's doing here. I, I'm I know the Eagles look off, but until they kind of get embarrassed or something or, or something really bad happens, like losing a game, I'm still going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Would like to see the injury report. Have not been able to see that because it is Tuesday. It doesn't usually come out till Wednesday, but especially for the Eagles, it won't even come out until Thursday for this week. So kind of really need to see that before on both sides before I get a true feely, truly better feel for this game. The one thing that does worry about me about this matchup is Todd Bowles has had success against Jalen Hurts and his style of play. And for a passing game that looks out of rhythm, maybe I can't just give them the total benefit of the doubt. I'm not totally scared of the Bucks and their 2-0 record. I don't think they're terrible. I think they're fine. I think they might end up winning that division. I mean, that's not really saying a ton. They're a sneaky contender for it, sure. I think they could be the best team in that division or the most imposing team in that division. They might have, you brought up ceilings. They might have the quarterback with the highest ceiling. You know, like when when Baker's in his bag, his ceiling is higher than Derek. He's very infrequently in that bag, but you know, he he can make some plays uh, when he's on. And we saw that at least this past week. And it's a bad division. So it's not like, you know, saying the most, but I don't feel comfortable enough in Eagles passing offense right now to just give them the total benefit of the doubt. I think the Bucs can muck it up a little bit here. I think the Eagles win the game, but I will take the points for the time being, which, by the way, did work out last week. I took the points with the Vikings. Mm, they did that's right. cover. Eagles won. The Vikings did cover. So two games in a row where the Eagles do not cover, but they do win. Did they cover against New England? It was close, they right? Did. Okay, but it was it was like seven and a half, and they won by eight or something like that. They were three and a half point favorites. And they won by, was it four or five. six? Five. Okay, so so not super close, but so one and one against the spread this year. Um, I could see this as and this is also we talked about the Monday night thing like, you know, if if it's still shaky like this could be I haven't seen a lot of national takes like jumping on the Eagles yet. And again, Eagles are two and no. So there's no real reason for that. Uh, But if they were to lose, if they were to struggle, um, it could make for a a long, short week uh, because who's after that? Um, Washington. Oh man, what if what if Washington knocks week, off the Bills and, week. and the Eagles lose to the Bucks? Well, I, I think some people might actually feel better about the Eagles or the that game if the because it's like are the Commanders really going to start four and zero with the win against the uh, fourth win against the Eagles? I don't know. I mean, um, it's hard to that? believe that game is in Philadelphia. Oh, please God, let Joel Embiid show up wearing Commanders gear and hanging out with Josh Harris. That would be so funny. This is my new thing. 
I don't really um, care about. Okay. Uh, I care about the conflict. I don't care about the Sixers part of it in terms of the, uh, you can't. I don't really care about the Sixers right now. That makes me sad as your friend because as a Spurs fan, I have no beef against the Sixers. But like, it's sad to me how like beaten down you are as a Sixers fan. That's tough. Um, but it is um, what it is. It's time to pick our songs uh, this week uh, for the NFC East mixtape playlist. Rachel, mm-hmm. um, ever the on-time person that she is, submitted hers early Tuesday morning. She has gone with Go Crazy by Chris Brown. Um, so that's mm-hmm. Rachel's pick. Rachel, I told her this in the chat. And bangers. This one, not the like. it's not like up there for me as far as her other song choices. But, you know, hey. What are you going to go with? Uh, I actually had a little bit of a story for mine, if it, it'll help buy you time. Um, two weeks ago now, I tweeted about, um, are you a Canes fan? Raising Canes fan? I went like, I think two weeks ago for the first time ever. It was pretty, okay. I was pretty impressed. I, yeah. I, I liked it. Pretty good. Um, so, well, if you went, maybe they had this, um, this going on. Well, probably not if it wasn't in Texas, uh, but they have a promotion going on where you can upgrade your drink and you can get a post Malone themed cup at Canes. <laughs> um, so you laugh. But I tweeted about this thinking like, oh, this is just a thing. Like, I'm just going to tweet about it. It got so much attention. I can't tell you how many people in my replies were saying things like they were begging other people to go get one that they would pay for and then pay for the shipping on. Um, So I was just kind of stunned. I don't eat canes a lot just because I mean, it's delicious, but, you know, trying to trying to stay healthy. Um, Like tonight we're eating salmon. You know what I mean? It's not canes. But anyway. Um, in the spirit of Post Malone, I'm going with the song Circles, my favorite Post Malone song. Okay. Uh, good pick. Yeah, Raising Cane's definitely not a sponsor, but both. But yes, definitely very good. Uh, I just impressed. can't, like, I'm sure you've run into that before. Like, I couldn't believe how many people were going rabid over these cups. I'm not shocked from a standpoint that I was going to say people, especially here in this part of the country, like their, like, local stuff. Like, if you could have, like, you know, some kind of... If you could know. have like a Wawa Eagles Cup, I guess you'd go line and up like, for it. Yeah, and like Bradley yeah. Cooper's on there or something. You know what I mean? Right. Some kind of mm-hmm. like local time. People love that kind of stuff because, uh, right. you know, it feels just like unique to your region. It's it's something that's uh, special as opposed to just any raising like national thing that could be any right, part of right. the country. I think people like that and I get it. That's were you a, um, on this subject, were you a big like McDonald's kid collector or toy collector the from the disney kids meals glasses well, i remember having like the disney glasses i think from them uh there was the definitely... disney i i the one i remember most prominently uh, burger king when the uh inspector gadget movie came out with matthew broderick um, oh yeah they they had all the pieces yes um, bless her heart that. she would call and be like do you have the right arm and like <laughs> we, we would go to that mcdonald's so i could build the whole inspector gadget so, I used to go with my grandma uh, when she'd babysit me, uh, and you know, I think we ended up going enough to where we could get the whole inspector gadget. That was a lot of fun. That's a great – come on. like That's a great idea. Just that was awesome. Of, I totally agree with you. Like, totally great marketing, agree. Like, great mm-hmm. integration. It's just – it's like everyone wins there. Everyone's having fun. Burger yeah. King is making their money because they're getting all these kids to come back. It's McDonald's. Back. It's just, it was, it was it's McDonald's, not Burger King. It's the point is, it's a, it's, a, it's a win for everyone involved. Yeah, it's not like I mean, like the collect them all bit is really cool in general, like whenever there's anything that you have to collect all of. But like this was so cool because you almost couldn't play with it unless you had all of them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like get them for the sake of collecting them. Exactly. Um, Okay, are you going to pick the Inspector Gadget theme as your song? I am not. I'm going to go with Everyone Blooms by the Front Bottoms, who I hope to see in Philadelphia. I think they're coming uh, two weeks from they're coming soon and at the end of the month here hoping to go there but the some of the lyrics in that song uh i'm not going to sing it for you but they go that everyone blooms in their own time and i think that is the theme of the nfl season and some of these teams are not their fully formed selves yet and that doesn't mean they're all gonna get there obviously there's gonna be teams who don't end up being what they want to be but i think some of those teams will be the Bengals were 0-2 last year before they ended up going to the AFC Championship game. Is that the exception? Very much so. Are the Bengals also 0-2 this year? Yes, they are. Uh, and I don't know where they're going to go, but uh, the point is that uh, it, you've said it a lot, specifically when it comes to the Eagles. And it's funny to me, it's like everyone keeps having to say, yeah, but they're 2-0. It's like if you keep having to say that, that does kind of speak to there being a concern. But at the end of the day, it's also true that they are 2-0, and that's a very... I mean, just seeing, I was so part of where I was, I was watching football with my friends uh, and 
their favorite team lost and just devastated. <laughs> it's like they might as well have been like 0 and 17. Like it's like the whole season's over. So uh yeah, I'd rather be two and zero than that. That's the thing. Like all of the you're you're referencing the Eagles, but like, you know, whatever. Like all of these problems or issues or whatever are much easier to bear and figure out when you're two and zero, as opposed mm-hmm. to being like you would not swap places with the Bengals, you know what I mean? No. Or or even the Chiefs, right? Like, do the Chiefs are they, are they happy they're one on one? No, like you know what I mean? Like, the, like being two and zero will matter if you lose four games in a row or whatever, because you know what? You'll be two and four as opposed to zero and six, right? Like the chart. Like think about the Chargers. The Chargers had such promise. I don't know why. I'll never get it. But like you know, they're already like deeply behind the eight ball. Because they're zero and two, it's a, it's not quite a kiss of death, but it's a it's a much bigger deal than it seems like. And that's not to quote all the statistics and everything, but like it's a whole. Like it takes multiple weeks. I think it takes like more than half a month to get out of being zero and two. Like to get on the other, the positive side. Who did the Chargers just play in week one again? They lost to the Dolphins with all the points. Well, and they lose to in this the t- week. The they Titans. lost to so they've lost to like two teams that could be like you know they could be jockeying with for a wild card position with and like yeah so those like it's not just that they are zero and two but they've also lost to two teams that could impact their playoff race. So yeah, you know, very much could always be worse. They they play the Vikings this week. Well, I can't wait to talk about this on Friday, but um, you could totally see them losing that game, right? Like, and then they play the Raiders. And so, like, again, like, are you willing to say, like, oh, I would 100% take the Chargers over the Raiders? You can't right now. Like, the, the Bradley looks awful. You know what I mean? So, like, just, like, again, crafting a hypothetical. You're 0-4. Then they're on a bye week. So then you have mm-hmm. to sit on that for a week. And then after that, you get the Cowboys. I mean, and 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 what if you lose and the offense of the Cowboys, like, is awesome and Kellen Moore stinks? And then it's like, oh, we got the bad part of this, you know? So, it's a tough time of year, but it's the best time of year. I stayed up till 1.30 on Saturday night watching the Colorado mm. game. It was awesome. I couldn't make it. I watched the first half, but I was very tired. Mm. Well, East Coast being the worst coast, you know, tough situation. Mm. But um, All right. Let's get out of here. And as we do, Brandon, tell us your favorite thing that is East that can't the coast or the NFC. Mm, that's a good one. The best thing that is East it can't be the coast or the division east yeah. hmm east landing is coming to mind but that's not true <laughs> uh can i say east side you can but you have to say it in a funny voice so we can end on that no i don't want to say that either <laughs> uh i'm gonna say east uh oh well how about where i was over the weekend east to boston um i will say that it's in the um what's it called like not an acronym but like the little thing to remember the directions never eat soggy waffles it's the best word of those four like never eat soggy waffles so it's the word eat there's that <laughs>